Picture this. It's a hot summer day. You're lying on a beach towel or maybe some sort of beach chair. You just got out of the water and you're drying off in the sun. Maybe you're reading, maybe you're napping. Maybe you're staring at the horizon line of the water thinking about how it's a lake and not the ocean. Have you ever thought about why we do this and if Toronto always used beaches in this way? I definitely did. So today we're going to learn about the history of Woodbine Beach and the neighboring Woodbine Park, starting with the park. I'm Ashley, by the way, the host of Walking in Place. And if you're new here, I've included ambiance recorded at both locations so you can feel like you're there even if you aren't. Those wave sounds we just heard, they were actually Lake Ontario at Woodbine Beach. If you are at the park, feel free to meander, eventually working your way to the southeast corner. Make sure to check out the fountain and some of the paths surrounding it. There are lots of little boardwalks. Um, they're shaded by trees and lined with flowers and tall grass. It's super pretty. I also saw and heard a ton of rambunctious birds if you're into that kind of thing. But let's start with the history of the area. I say start, but really, this whole thing's gonna be about the history of the area. As with much of Toronto, this was a forested area up until the beachfront, of course, which I'm pretty sure is actually a naturally formed beach, unlike the rest of the waterfront area from this point westwards in the city. When settlers came in and started divvying up lots of land, this area was given to Charles Coxwell Small, the youngest son of Major John Small. His property spanned west to east from Coxwell to Woodbine Avenue and north to south from Danforth to the beach. This particular piece of land, the park, and the land that stretches from here to Woodbine Avenue was the site of the Woodbine horse racing track when it was opened in 1881 by the Ontario Jockey Club. Over time, as popularity for horse racing and gambling, essentially, grew, it came to be known as Old Woodbine to differentiate it from other racetracks in the GTA. Woodbine Avenue is named after the racetrack. In terms of where the word woodbine even comes from, the most I could find was that one of the initial owners, William J. Howell, owned a tavern called The Woodbine, and I guess he loved the name so much that he used it for the racetrack as well. In 1963, its name changed to the Greenwood Raceway. I couldn't find a definitive reason why. I'm assuming because of its proximity to Greenwood Avenue, a major street nearby, which was named after Mr. Greenwood, who lived at Queen and Greenwood. He owned a hotel. We're not going to talk about him today. The facility was called the Greenwood Raceway until it closed in 1993. Then it became this beautiful park, which has wetlands, meadows, and an amphitheater. While the horses went to Woodbine's other properties, a bedding facility stayed at the southwest corner of King and Kingston. It's now a concert venue. In terms of horse racing, now all that's left behind are a couple street names, Winter Circle and Northern Dancer, which we'll be walking down soon to get to the beach. Northern Dancer was a superstar horse that won awards and stuff. Let's focus in on horse racing itself for a sec. In my opinion, it's, you know, it's kind of icky. Not necessarily because of the gambling, but because of the horses, who I'm sure have not been treated very nicely in the history of the, the game, the practice. I'm not sure what you would call it. It's not surprising that it was a big thing here and still is around. There are still active horse racing facilities owned by Woodbine in both Etobicoke and Mississauga. I say that because if you haven't guessed already, it's a very British thing and a very glamorous high status thing. In England, the biggest horse racing events are attended by the Queen and her family and they have come to similar events here in Toronto a few times. In Toronto, the biggest horse racing event is actually called the Queen's Plate. All right, let's officially walk south down Northern Dancer towards the beach. 
Until the 1950s, Woodbine Beach and Woodbine Beach Park area, that is the strips of trees and grass between the beach and the parking lot, were not used for swimming. The forested area continued into this space, and this particular area by the beach was called the Cut. I couldn't find an answer for why it had this nickname. From what I read, it's supposed to have something to do with the fact that the area was very foresty. I'm not sure if this is because people cut the trees down for wood, or if the local community thought they were a cut above the rest, or if it was famous for a grisly murder. I truly don't know. In the 1950s, Lakeshore Boulevard was extended to Woodbine Avenue, which made it easier for the rest of the city to come this way and enjoy Beaches Park, which was just east of here. And for that reason, Woodbine Beach officially became a public beach itself. Technically, it was still connected to Beaches Park when it was formed in 1932, so I bet locals still snuck over here to swim anyway in the 30s and 40s. When it opened in 1932, Beaches Park connected all the shoreline areas from Nursewood Road to Woodbine Avenue. Those beaches are called Silver Birch Beach and Kew Bommie Beach. It was that year that they opened a boardwalk through the park, which we still use today. The beaches neighborhood itself will be a topic for another day. Let's get back into that beach mindset. When did we start lounging around half naked on hot sand? Prior to the 1920s, at least in the British Empire and a lot of Europe, it was the norm to protect yourself from the sun. Being pale was a status symbol because the only tanned people were laborers who had no choice but to be outside in the sun. In the early 1900s, things started to shift slowly with doctors recommending sun exposure to cure several diseases and deficiencies such as rickets. But in terms of tanned skin becoming fashionable, apparently that credit goes to Coco Chanel and Josephine Baker. Coco accidentally got a sunburn in the French Riviera, and when she came back to Paris, people noticed her tan lines and liked the look. It was also around this time that Josephine Baker, a black dancer, singer, and actor, was super famous, and people wanted to look like her. Swimming itself has of course been a part of the human experience forever. There are even ancient Egyptian drawings of different swimming techniques. From what I read, it was seen as mostly utilitarian at first in terms of, you know, Western society, and then for a long time, mostly sport oriented. In Toronto, for example, swim clubs started being formed in the mid late 1800s to help people finesse their fitness, <laughs> I guess you could say. Most of what I just said about tanning and swimming is pretty specific to white people in the 1900s. Many parts of Canada still had segregated beaches and leisure facilities well into the 1950s, maybe even later in some parts of the country. In Ontario, it became illegal under the 1954 Fair Accommodation Practice Act of Ontario, which prohibited the denial of services or facilities that were intended to serve the public. But just because a law comes into place doesn't mean people's behavior changes right away. So anyone who wasn't white probably didn't feel super welcome at all Ontario beaches for a very long time. I'm sure some to this day. It wasn't that long ago. It's also well documented how segregation and systemic racism removed or reduced opportunities for non-white and especially black people to access swimming pools and swimming lessons. So the ability to safely and confidently swim in the lake was much more common amongst white Torontonians. While a lot more research on this has been done in the States, it definitely affected Canadian communities as well. That's where we'll leave it today. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode and want to learn more about the Woodbine Beach area, I'll be releasing extra stops and info on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash walking in place. Check it out. Also, if you feel inclined to rate and review, that would be awesome. Someone with the name Anskers left a really kind review recently and it made my day. 
I hope you enjoy the summer weather on this beach or any beach really or wherever and however you choose to do so. I'll see you next time.